0: Very good morning to you. If you'd like to grab a seat, grab a donut, grab your coffee. By the way, if you're new or you're visiting this morning, you're very, very welcome. Uh, in one of the chairs nearby, uh, you'll see these black pouches. Uh, in there is a green Connect card. Um, do fill that out. Put down your name and a, a few details about yourself and, um, uh, and hand it in to, the, to Ravi at the, the PA desk at the back and we'll get in touch with you, let you know some of the things that we're doing uh, as a church, but it would be great uh, to hear from you. It's the last Sunday in Advent this morning, and over these past few weeks of Advent, we've been looking at some of the key players in the, in the Christmas story, uh, and, and their reaction, their responses to the, the news of, of the birth of Jesus. So we started off with Mary, then we had a look at Joseph. Um, we did a, kind of a bit of a mix-up last week. I felt like the Lord said we should look at the Magi. So we looked at the Magi last week, which means that this week it must be the turn of the, the shepherds and the angels. I think we're going to kind of like uh, squeeze them all in. Shepherds and um, the angels. Now, um, I don't know how, we'll, maybe we won't. I, uh, shepherds and the angels. No, I'm just just debating. Um, picture yourself, so let's, let's, let's start with the shepherd, picture yourself as shepherds, can you do that, what would that be like, what would it feel like, um, you're a, a first century shepherd, it's night time, you're out on a hillside, just outside uh, Bethlehem for the purpose of this morning, it's, it's Christmas Eve. How's that feeling? What's that seem like? What does that look like? What does that smell like? Think um, shepherds watching their flocks by night. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to Luke uh, chapter 2. I just read uh, from verse 8. This is what it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks, At night. Okay, so first set of characters in this morning's um, story the shepherds. Second bunch of characters are angels. Okay, so imagine yourselves as an angelic host. Maybe a bit more of a stretch. Shepherds, shepherds, maybe easier for you lot than um, an angelic host. Some of you, I think, would make the grade. You need an angelic host to kind of uh, balance out those rough and ready um, farmer types. Imagine what it would be like. You're part of the angelic host involved in that very first um, Christmas. Luke chapter uh, 2 verse 9 says this. An angel of the Lord appeared around them to the shepherds. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, the shepherds. And they were terrified. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, verse 10, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Verse 19, but Mary, she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse twenty: The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Uh, it may not feel like it; uh, you might be forgiven for thinking that it's the height of summer, or certainly the, um, the onset of spring. Uh, but in just a few days' time, it, it's actually Christmas Day. So, if you haven't been out, got your Christmas shopping, you need to get onto that pretty pronto because it's sooner than I think most of us may think. Um, And Christmas, as we know, Christmas means um, all kinds of different things to different ones of us. For some of us, it means family. For most of us, one hopes it means uh, presents. Uh, Over the last few weeks, it certainly meant carols. It's quite likely at some point to involve at least one game of uh, charades. Uh, There will probably be mince pies Hopefully there'll be mulled wine, hopefully there'll be a bit more mulled wine, and hopefully there may be even a bit more mulled wine. Um, All of these things are the component parts of Christmas. But what else are we supposed to be doing this Christmas? What else does Christmas mean for us? And I think that part of, uh, of the answer to that can be found in this Passage and in and the four sort of statements, the four things that the angels say to the shepherds on this first um, Christmas. But before we just before we get on to those four things, just have a look down to verse um, 11. It says, This it says, Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you, the Messiah. He's Christ the Lord. Today, In the town of David, a Savior has been brought to you, the Messiah, he is Christ, the Lord. And and, and basically what that is, is it's sort of like um, the equivalent of what some people do when they have a baby. They they stick a a notice, they stick an advertisement, not an advertisement, what is it called? Um, uh, Announcement. An announcement. An An advert. Yes, a full-page spread. (laughs) Double page. Uh, An announcement. You know, in the Times or the Telegraph or something, you know, a baby's been born. And this is basically what that is, sort of what that is. This is the announcement. This is the proclamation. This is the declaration, not just of a baby. Not just of a baby, but of a Savior, the Messiah, Christ the Lord. And before we kind of get into what it is that we're supposed to be thinking about and how we're supposed to be responding to Christmas, um, we are never really going to quite work out what to properly do with Christmas. We're never going to even begin to understand the meaning of Christmas until we realize that Christmas is all about not just a baby, not just a baby named Jesus, but about the Messiah, about Christ the Lord, about our Savior. And this announcement that God makes about the birth of his son, Jesus, it, it comes from the highest heaven says comes from the highest heaven. And what's interesting about this announcement that God is making about the birth of His Son, Jesus, is that the announcement comes from the highest heaven, and it goes from the highest of the high, and it goes to the lowest of the low. The, The axis of this announcement is from the highest of the high to the lowest of the low. It comes from the angelic host in the highest heaven, and it goes down uh, to the shepherds, the lowest of the low. And, and the thing about shepherds at the time, as you probably know, the shepherds uh, in, the ta- in the Middle East at the time, um, the shepherds were the lowest of the low. They, um, they were despised. They were uh, dis- uh, distrusted. Uh, most of them were, to be fair, rogues. Uh, they were petty criminals. Uh, there was even a law that stated that no shepherd could give evidence in court because uh, they were thought to be too unreliable. Uh, The shepherds represent a a group of people who were right right on the edge. They were right on the fringes of society. Um, And maybe it, it spoils some of the romance of the Christmas story, I don't know. But it certainly brings into the Christmas story. This earthy, raw reality. And so, when God chooses to announce the birth of his son, Jesus, not only is Jesus born in this lowly stable, not only is Jesus born in this backwater, Bethlehem, but the announcement of the birth of the Messiah, the savior of the world, goes to the very fringes of society. Those right on the edge. Those who are despised and rejected by all kinds of, It goes uh, to the shepherds. So this announcement of the birth of the Messiah comes from the highest heaven. It goes um, to the lowest earth. So let's just go back to the four things um, that the angels communicate. Things that we're, I think, to think about as we engage with Christmas this week. And the first of those is in um, Luke chapter 9 and verse 10. It says, there's an angel of the, the Lord appeared to them, appeared to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified they were terrified but the angel of the lord said to them do not be afraid do not be afraid and so i think the first thing that we're to do this christmas is to not be afraid the lord wants to speak to us all this morning and he wants to underline and reassure us and say do not be afraid Uh, There's all kinds of uncertainty around. We're we're always living in tumultuous times. We're always living in times of uncertainty. You know, as we come to the end of one year and we embark upon the next, we still have this sense of uncertainty and anxiety um, around us. There is a lot of worry. People are worried about lots of things. There is um, a lot of fear around. Um, People are worried about terrorist attacks. These are present realities. These are are part of our lives and our experience over the last year. Uh, They're anticipated and expected to be a part of our experience of life moving forward. And for many people, that's a huge anxiety. That's a huge source of worry. That's a huge source of of fear. Um, People are worried. People are anxious about violence. Escalating violence. People are worried. People are anxious about war, rumors of war, threat of war. People are anxious about refugee crises and the response to that and the impact that those things are going to have. There's all kinds of things just going on in society just around us that will cause people to have anxiety, to be worried, to be fearful. On a personal level, people have anxieties of all kinds of different things. Some people have anxieties about their health. Some people have anxieties about their finances, their personal finances. Some people are anxious about their children. Worry, fear, anxiety. And yet the first thing that the angel of the Lord says to the shepherds is do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Let go of your anxiety. Let go of your fear. Um, apparently there are 365 fear nots in the Bible. That's, um, in case you hadn't worked it out, there's one for every day. Uh, which is uh, pretty handy. Uh, you look through the Scriptures, you encounter the Scriptures, you encounter these fear nots. God is saying, his communication to us is do not be afraid. Do not fear. Fear not. You look at it through countless occasions where God shows up in the, in the Bible. You know, an angel appears from nowhere. The angel of the Lord appears. Often the first thing that God says is, fear not, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So as we stand at the end of one year and we reflect on what's gone past and we are on the edge of the new year coming and we look ahead to what the future holds, one of the first things that the Lord says to us this Christmas is, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Second thing is this, have a look at verse 10. I bring you good news. The next thing that the angel says is, I bring you good news. One translation has it. I bring you the most joyful news ever announced, and it's for everyone. And when we're thinking about what it is that we're supposed to be doing with Christmas, the first thing that we're supposed to be doing is not being afraid. And the second thing that we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be receiving good news. We're supposed to be hearing good news. We're supposed to be engaging with the good news. See, the truth about Christmas, it's not... Actually, in case you hadn't worked it out, it's not actually all about Rudolph and Santa or Scrooge or... I know, it's a tragedy. The truth of Christmas is about Jesus Christ. He's the center. He's the reason. He's the whole raison d'etre for Christmas. It wouldn't be Christmas without Jesus. And what's great is that Jesus is good news. Jesus is joyful news. Jesus is fantastic news. Um, Christmas is good news. This is the best news in the world. And, and the good news of the gospel at Christmas is um, that every single one of us matters to God. Every single one of us matters to God the good news of Christmas is that God knows every single thing that there is to know about every single one of us. He knows the good, he knows the bad, he knows the ugly. And the good news, the great news of the gospel, the great news of Christmas is that God knows every single thing that there is to know about us and he loves us. The good news of Christmas is that We matter to him. The good news of Christmas is that he cares about us. The good news of Christmas is that he knows everything about us. The good news of Christmas is that he loves us. He loves every single one of us. That's incredibly good news. Another great piece of good news at Christmas is, you know, um, none of us is an accident. You know, it doesn't matter what the circumstances of our births were. Not one of us is an accident. Um, God says, the Bible says, you know, we're not made by accident. He has a plan. He has a purpose for every single one of our lives. The Bible teaches that meaning and satisfaction and fulfillment in our lives come when we discover God's plan and God's purpose for our lives, and we step right into that. We step right into the centre of that, and suddenly, everything feels like it fits. Like, oh, oh, ah, yeah, ah! This is what I was made for. This is what I was wired for. This is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is my calling. This is this is me operating at my best. Wow! This is amazing. This is awesome. That's great news. Great news of Christmas is that God wants. Um, He wants us to know him in the same way that he knows us. In the same way that he knows everything about us, he wants us to know him. And so what he's done is he has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the earth so that we could know what he's like. You see, because Jesus shows us what God is like. We don't know how to relate to God. It's like, I don't understand this concept of God. It's like kind of out there and it's a bit ethereal. I I don't really get it Well, God sent Himself, He sent His Son in our form, in our shape, resembling us, looking like us, so that we could say, "I, I, I relate to Jesus, I can get Jesus. If Jesus points to God, ah, oh, now I know what God looks like, because when I look at Jesus, He's amazing. He's kind, He's gracious, He's compassionate. He's love. He heals. When we see Jesus in human form, we see God embodied in the person of Jesus. We say, I, I, I know I can get a sense of what God's like, and I can relate to that. At Christmas, you know, there's lots of church, there's lots of carols, there's lots of stuff. Um, one of the things that God didn't give us at Christmas was um, he didn't come to give us religion. You know, Christmas isn't about religion. Christmas is about relationship. God came to give us um, relationship. Christmas isn't religion. Christmas is God saying, I want to get to know you. I have extended my hand out. I'm reaching out. I want to get to know you. I want I want you to know me. I want relationship with you. So we're not to be afraid. Um, we're to get um, the good news. We're to experience. We're to encounter the good news of Christmas. The third thing is this. Uh, Luke uh, 2 verse 11. We've already looked at this. But today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is Christ the Lord. And um, one of the the main things that we're supposed to experience and encounter at Christmas is that we're to see the Savior. We're to see the person of Jesus. God has sent us a Savior um, because we need one. We need salvation. We need a Savior. If we didn't need a Savior, then God wouldn't have sent us one. Um, God sent us a Savior so that we can see who he is. We can receive his forgiveness. We can have every bit of wrong that's ever happened to us that we've ever done to others. We can have all of those wrongs righted. We can have the slate wiped clean. God says of us, um, you're forgiven. You get to start again. That's grace. And it's, Um, so that people could see the Savior, so that people can um, find out, really, more about what Jesus is like. That's the reason that we're running Alpha in the new year. Alpha is a fantastic opportunity for people to come along and and see the Savior, see Jesus, just for themselves. Just try and work out for themselves whether, what Kate says, pretty much every week, Kate says... um, he is who he says he is. Alpha is a really great opportunity for people to come and find out, is he actually who he says he is? Is is the God that is in here, is Jesus, this person, is he who he says? Is he everything that he says he is? And Alpha is a fantastic way um, for people to discover that for themselves. And um, for those of you who don't know, it's a 10-week course. And it genuinely is a place where anyone, no matter what they think about God, no matter how far away from God, whether they don't believe in God, whether they do believe in God, none of that is, is of any importance whatsoever. Every single person can come and find out for themselves if anything that we are saying is true. And what happens is over 10 weeks, we get together, we meet together, we eat together, and and, and just chat over and talk through some of the claims of The gospel. Things like, is there more to life than this? Is there more to life than this, or is this it? Who who is Jesus? A natural fact. Why why did he die? Um, Does God heal today? What about the church? All kinds of things like that. Just talking through all of those different things. And it's it's a fantastic way just for people to come together. For people to come together and build relationship, have a sense of community, and, and talk through some of these really important matters of faith. It's really important. It's really incredibly informal. People can pretty much say anything they like. And all we as the church have to do is invite people to come along. Like really, really simple. All we have to do is invite people to come along, and that's kind of it. The rest of it's down um, to the Lord. We were, my, dad, um, my dad spends uh, six months of the year in England and six months of the year in Australia, which is quite a nice way to live. And um, he's just swanned off that back to Australia. Um, you know, as soon as the weather starts getting slightly chilly, he's, he's off for sunnier climbs. Um, he, was, um, he was renting a flat in Wimbledon and um, so he's gone back to Australia and he left Kate and I to sort of deal with the estate agent and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, we were chatting to the estate agent the other day and um, I know what we're talking about. We were talking about all kinds of I don't know what and um, talking about Christmas and we just said to her, "Hey, do you want to come to a drinks party? We've got a we've got a we've got a New Year drinks we've got a New Year drinks party um, going on. We're trying it in the New Year. Uh, it's at the Fox and Grapes pub in Wimbledon Village. You um, some free wine, you know, canapes. Um, we told her it was an Alpha launch party. Okay, so it wasn't just like it wasn't under disguise, right? It was just our prelude. And then we said it's an Alpha launch party and it's to kick off the course and." Blah, 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 blah. And she said, oh, that sounds lovely. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds lovely. I'd love to come. Uh, and um, I said, well, you know, have you, have you heard about Alpha and stuff like that? And she said, actually, I have. And she said uh, "She said a, a, a friend of hers, a girlfriend of hers, had done Alpha. And she said and it's, it completely and utterly transformed her life. And now this is stated, and I has no faith that I'm aware of, you know, It was the easiest thing in the world, just inviting her to a drinks party in the new year. And uh, I don't know whether she'll actually come. Uh, We dropped into the estate agents on Friday, and we dropped her off um, a couple of invitations and uh, and just said, it would be great to see you. And she said, yeah, I'd love to come. I'll be there. So we'll see. But inviting someone to a drinks party with a couple of free glasses of wine with a short talk given by the inimitable Giles Pierman, right? Um, I apologize for that. which is just a lead into a few weeks talking about Jesus over some great food with some great company that's really that, that shouldn 't be hard for us as the church who believe in Jesus to invite our friends to you know um, and the truth of the matter is alpha 's not going to work unless the church invites people because otherwise there 'll be no one there 'll be no one coming so the success and failure of alpha lies with us because if we 're not inviting people, no one 's going to come. Do you see so um, all i 'm saying is, can we encourage you to over Christmas, invite your friends to come to Alpha. Get out there um, and invite them to come to the Fox and Grapes on Tuesday the 8th of January. Uh, bring your friends. You can come along as well, if you bring your friends, right? Um, come along. Let's see what the Lord uh, does. Let them see Jesus uh, for themselves. And just outside on the table out the, by the door there's a whole load of Alpha flyers. These are the um, These are the invitations to the drinks party, which is on the 8th of January at the Fox and Grapes Uh, so they're the invitations to that and then these are the flyers for the dates with the Alpha course so um, I know it's Christmas and no one even remotely is thinking about the new year uh, but it will soon be upon us so take a whole bunch of flyers have them in the house as people drop in for drinks feel free to invite them great thing that you could do is uh, take a whole load of flyers and over Christmas just drop them into all your neighbours on your street. You know, If everybody in the church gave out flyers to all of the people on their street over Christmas and invited their street, um, there's plenty of stuff for the Lord to do. And as you're doing that, just pray. Pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And ask that the Spirit of God would work in the lives of people that we're communicating with. And that they just come along for themselves. They come along for themselves and find out whether this Jesus is real. For today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you and he is Christ the Lord. So we're not to be afraid, we're to hear some good news, we're to see the Savior. And then lastly, uh, verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace and goodwill to those on whom his favor rests. Um, Christmas is a, an opportunity and it's a time for us to rebuild and restore relationships. Time for us to rebuild and restore relationships. Christmas um, is a time of reconciliation. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Goodwill to all mankind. And um, God wants us to have peace, not only with him, but he also wants us to have peace with One another. He wants us to be at peace with one another. And sometimes Christmas can feel a little bit like a battle zone. You know, you sort of um, prepare as you're packing to go and visit friends and family, usually family. Um, The armor, the, the the protective gear, goes into the suitcase as well, or the protective gear comes out of the wardrobe before the in-laws or the parents or the cousins or the aunts or whoever it is is going to descend upon you. And sometimes Christmas can feel like a battle zone and we may be seeing relatives that we may not particularly like. Just saying it. Um, people. What, we? We. We as in we. Not, not just us. This is just like a therapy session for me. Seriously. We may be seeing in laws that we really don't like. <laughs> Just, we, we, we all, all of us. Come on, seriously, stop it. Okay. Uh, thanks, it's helpful. Um, people may say things they don't mean, um, particularly after 25 gallons of mulled wine. Um, people may do things they don't really mean to do. Um, all families you get families together into a confined space for two days, three days it's unusual, it's quite atypical it's quite intense and um, it's not uncommon for families to have challenges or difficulties you get families together, there are jealousies there are grudges, there are resentments there are misunderstandings, there's all kinds also great things and there can be all signs of undercurrent but Peace on earth. Goodwill towards men. It's, um, it starts with us. Oh, you're going to stop singing. Um, It starts with us. It absolutely starts with us. It starts with us personally. It starts in our households. It, it, so that it can then spread and infect and spill out into our families. So that from that place, it can then leak out and spill out onto our streets. And from that place, it can spill out into our neighborhoods. And it can affect and have a positive impact on our towns and then our cities and then our nation and then the world but it start, it starts with us it absolutely starts with us and um, I just want to challenge every single one of us just this Christmas in the run up to Christmas who, who is it that you need to reach out to this Christmas who, who is it that you need to send a card to who is it that you need to um, write a letter to? Who, who is it that you, you need to just pick up the phone and, and call? Who do, you, who do you need to send a gift to? Well, I don't know, whatever it is. Who do, you, who do you need to be kind to? Who do you need to be generous to? Who do you need to offer forgiveness to? Who do you need to ask forgiveness from? It's about the restoration of our relationships. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards all mankind. So, what do we need to do at Christmas? And we're all here this morning for different reasons. And I don't believe any of us are here by accident. I think God brings us here. He brings us here for a purpose. He he brings us here to speak to us. He wants to say something to us. And I think this morning God is saying to us, um, this morning let go of your fears. You came in with fears and anxieties, some of you. And God's saying, just leave those here. Just leave them here. And walk out of this place without those fears and anxieties. Um, uh, rather than saying, um, I'm gonna, I am going don't know what to do with this, I don't know what to do with this, just say, actually this morning I want to give this problem and anxiety and fear and worry to the Lord. Um, this morning God is saying to some of us, That he wants us to hear the good news. He wants us to remind us all of the good news of the gospel. Um, He wants to remind us. He wants to say to each one of us that he loves you, that he knows you, that he made you, that you matter to him. You matter to him. And he's saying, I want to renew a relationship with you. I, I, I want you to know me. And so this morning, that's the good news. So let's take the time this morning to renew and restore our relationship with God, to come back, for some of us to come back to God. Uh, some of us this morning need to see the, Savior, see the Savior and receive his forgiveness. Some of us just need just to know that we're forgiven. Some of us have just blown it, even just this week. And we need to receive his forgiveness. And, um, and this morning there are, I think there's a few of us who need to restore relationships. Need to, we need to ask the Spirit of God to show us and highlight who we need to be reconciled um, with, and it's not Zebedee. It might—it might be. Spurgeon never had to put up with this. I bet he did. First generation quirks. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you stand?